Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 905, air date March 18th, 2021. Good evening, everyone. It's Dr. Shiva Ayadure. It's 1030. We're going to have a really, really uh, wonderful discussion, highly educational discussion about the common symptoms across COVID-19 and acute radiation. It's a very um, interesting piece of research. You know, I came across, as many of you know, I try to interconnect systems. And I've been really trying to understand some of the symptoms that are reported in this COVID-19 are, uh, appear to be a little bit odd. You know, they were uh, loss of smell, blood coagulation, you know, things you n- don't normally find and uh, as I did more and more research, I was, I was fascinated because I came across a piece of research that was done by Fauci's group and at the NIH, which had found a pretty interesting paper, actually. And they basically found commonalities from acute radiation injury as well as from COVID-19. But more importantly, what's fascinating is the authors of this paper were saying, well, if you look at um, acute radiation injury or acute radiation syndrome, uh, the, the, the methods and the tools to, um, um, you know, deal with that are interesting enough could be used for acute, I mean, could be used for COVID-19. And what's fascinating is you're going to understand that, uh, it leads back to many of the things that I was talking about back in March about how you boost the immune system. Okay. That's, what's fascinating. Um, Oh, people are saying there's no sound. Is that true? Is there no sound? Test one, two, test one, two. Is there no sound? Pamela Maines is saying there's no sound. Can everyone hear me? Good evening. Uh, Can everyone hear me? Can we just do a quick test? Okay. No, that's on there. Fine on Periscope. I hear. I can hear it. Good. So, Pamela, please check your uh, speaker system, okay? Good, everyone's got sound. So anyway, that's what we're gonna talk about. So it's gonna be a, a lot of information. You're gonna learn a lot. We're, we're gonna take some breaks through uh, as I always do, but I think you guys are gonna enjoy this. And we're gonna do a series on this because what emerges out of this, I mean, in some fascinating way, when you start really looking at things at the, at this, at the, at, at the biophysics level, ultimately everything in the body is electrical and magnetic interactions, right? Even, you know, when a chemical reaction takes place, um, there's a lot that we don't understand, but we know that ultimately it's energy transfer, right? A mass and energy interchangeable. So there's actually, you know, the, yes, we see chemical reactions taking place, but ultimately, you know, they're, you know, uh, electromagnetic, weak interaction, all the fundamental forces of nature. So uh, it's interesting, we're going to see how a virus hitting the body and the manifestations of that are very similar to when people get acute uh, radiation uh, events taking place. So let's just jump right into this. I'm gonna go right into the PowerPoint here. And um, uh, our team, I wanna thank a lot of members of our team. We spent most of today really putting this together for you and hopefully to make it understandable also. All right, so let's go right into this. So first of all, by the way, uh, everyone, um, 
this is Dr. Shiva Adure. Uh, many of you know I'm a uh, systems biologist by training and engineer also. And today we're going to be talking about COVID common symptoms across COVID-19 and radiation injury, a molecular systems analysis. Actually, this bugs me a little bit. What's going on here? Uh, let me move this over. Okay. Is that better? Actually, I'm going to move this over. We just made the slide up. Sorry. Uh, is that okay? You know what's wrong with the slide? You do these slides. I'm just going to do this right here and fix it for you guys. Uh, there. Okay. Oops, that's not right. Uh, I didn't like this. Okay, here we go. Oh, it's, I think it's this one. Sorry. There. This is off over here. Okay, that's better. All right, so anyway, fixing the title slide here. So it's really common symptoms of COVID-19 and radiation injury. So, by the way, anyone who wants to, uh, during the uh, break, I know a lot of people uh, will ask, you know, how do we get to your website? So I've added, uh, we've fixed up, we've updated our slide set to make a lot of this easier. But anyway, the talk is common symptoms of COVID-19 and radiation injury but you can go to vashiva.com. If you go to that website, you'll find out there's a whole range of things that I've been doing my life all around systems. By the way, one of the things uh, we launched a couple of years ago was Clean Food Certified. If you go into a Whole Foods, you'll start seeing a label called Clean Food Certified that comes out of our, our Research Institute, International Center for Integrative Systems, where we came up with a holistic way, a systems way, to look at food and not, it's not just organic, it's not just GMOs, it's about bioavailability, it's about safety. And then many, many of the leading cutting edge companies have adopted the standards, it's called Clean Food Certified. Um, it, uh, many of you know I created the first email system, which we'll talk about, um, ran for Senate, et cetera. But today's talk is really gonna be about the science of systems. We're gonna, first of all, review that. Then we're gonna talk about the COVID-19 um, symptoms acute radiation syndrome. We're going to take a little break, not a break, but uh, connect that to the Truth, Freedom and Health movement and Cytosolve. And then we're going to come back and look at the commonalities between COVID-19 and radiation inju injury. Then we're going to talk about the synergy and the systems principles and talk about some of the ways that these authors talked about how you combat radiation injury, which could be good for uh, virus injury. But anyway, this, um, what you're going to learn today is COVID-19 and radiation injury common symptoms. And you're going to, we're going to review, uh, we're going to do a review of the recent NIH research. By the way, to those of you who don't know what the NIH is, the NIH is a National Institute of Health uh, run by Francis Collins and National, um, uh, the other institute that's a part of this that I'll show you here is, is the institute that uh, Fauci runs, okay? That's the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, National Institute of Allergy, N-I-A-I-D. And that's the Institute of Fauci runs. So we're gonna look at the symptoms of COVID-19, the symptoms of acute radiation syndrome, commonalities, and we're gonna look at some of the therapeutics to alleviate and combat systems. And I mentioned earlier, you're gonna find that the, so these guys are, you know, in uh, South India where I grew up, there's an interesting saying, you can touch your nose like this, or you can go around your head to touch your nose. And it seems like these guys are going around their head to touch the nose and they're gonna say, oh, there's things that you can use to solve radiation injury. And since those give elicit the same symptoms as COVID, 
Why don't we use those things? And it turns out to be the things that I talked about back in March, which are anti-inflammatories, uh, and we'll go over that, antioxidants, et cetera. So it's quite fascinating how these guys don't want to speak the truth, but in order to keep their, in my view, their credibility, they start doing something. But anyway, this is a paper and that's what it's called. Look, so anyone, uh, you know, who uh, on YouTube and, and uh, Google and all those people who attempt to try to censor, this is coming out of, you know, NIH, commonalities between COVID-19 and radiation therapy. And the authors are Carmen Rios, David uh, Cassette, Hollingsworth, uh, Brian Ho Hollingsworth, uh, Marilyn, Satya Mitra, Ibesara Tadisi, Lanlin, Talifero, uh, Thomas Winters, Andrea DiCarlo. And if you notice, they're from the Radiation and Nuclear Measures Program, RNCP, the Division of Allergy, Immunology and Transplantation, DIT, National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease. So Fauci heads up the National Institute of Health. So uh, this is from the establishment's own model, their institution. So what I wanna first discuss is the science of systems. Everything that we do is uh, understanding the science of systems because from the science of systems, we can get a deeper understanding of everything. And to uh, just um, uh, give you the details of that, okay? What, would it, what do we mean by the science of systems? Well, by the science of systems, we have to do a little bit of review. My journey was many of you may know I grew up as a kid in, in Bombay, India, which looked like this, but I also grew up in a deep uh, village in South India, which had no running water, no electricity. And these are some of those scenes. And um, my grandparents were poor village farmers. There's a picture of my grandmother and her Sunday best, but she had the ability, she was also the village healer. The system that she followed was where she could study your face and she could predict um, what was going on in your body. It was, it's an ancient system of Indian medicine. So my family came here, I was very motivated to understand um, how my grandmother was able to do this. I came here as a seven-year-old kid, started um, doing, um, was very ambitious, started doing very well in math and science. And by the time I was 14, I got a full-time job working at a medical school, which is now known as Rutgers Medical School in the heart of Newark, looking at the system of sleep, actually looking at how babies, uh, why baby, how baby sleep patterns took place and how um, uh, babies uh, had a thing called apnea, which was sudden infant death syndrome. And my goal was, could I predict the sleep pattern of babies to try to predict the onset of an apnea? But while I was working on that, um, I also got to work on another system, the old fashioned inner office mail system. Some of you may know in those days, the secretary, the inbox, the outbox of folders, and she would create this system. Uh, there was a system for producing a memo, which was put into these envelopes, the two from subject CCC. It was a system and it was transported across the office. Some of you may have seen things like this, and this was called the old fashioned inner office mail system. And I was asked to convert that entire system into the electronic form. This is not the simple exchange of text messages. We're talking about the entire system. And I, I wrote 50,000 lines of code, named that system email first. Uh, and again, you see, we, we call it a system. And I won one of the first um, uh, Westinghouse Science Awards. Here's me back in 1981 sharing this. This is almost 30 years ago now. No, more than that, 40 years ago. Wow, 40 years ago, okay. Um, and in those days, the only way you could protect software inventions was by copyright. And I was issued the first 
copyright right there, recognizing me as the inventor of email at a time when this was the only way to protect software inventions. Now, I forgot about this, went to MIT, did a bunch of degrees. In 2011, when my dear mom was dying of pulmonary fibrosis, in a suitcase, she had saved all of those artifacts. And uh, the editor of Time Magazine, this guy called Doug Ameth, um, was the, oh, by the way, the only journalist, only journalist, this is unfortunate, the only journalist to have reviewed this. And he wrote a big article called The Man Who Invented Email. And the article is really about the fact that what I had created was the system. Okay, email is a system. And, but the reason I want to share that from the science of systems is this system was created in a system of innovation, freedom, and infrastructure. Okay, innovation, freedom, and infrastructure. You're going to realize freedom is our ability to move and transport and exchange ideas. That's what I was given in that medical college. I was given infrastructure. And with the with these two ingredients, innovation was born. But one of the key things I want to talk about is a part of integrating all of this is that the invention of email did not occur at MIT. It did not occur by the military. It occurred by a 14-year-old kid working in the heart of Newark, New Jersey, which most people are so afraid to go, go into because I was given the support of a loving family, a very powerful set of, uh, not powerful, but everyday high school teachers who fought for me to go work and a good mentor. So that's the system. So this is a uh, understanding systems. We have to see it's the interconnection of these things. And that's what system science teaches. It's not any one thing. It's the interconnection of things. Went off to MIT. I was deeply interested in medicine and science, but I found out that the, this, the, the system looked at the body as parts. So when I, in and out of MIT, did a bunch of degrees, and finally, after four degrees at MIT, I uh, had an opportunity to come back to study medicine as a system. This is the way that the Western world looks at the body, right? We see the body as a components of messenger RNA and tools. By the way, those of you who are from the Western scientific background, you'll appreciate this because this is the way Western science looks at the body. You have at the top of the pyramid, the whole organization. Below of it, think about all the chemical reactions in the body. And below that, you have genes and proteins and all these different things. This is the way that if you studied Western science, they'd say, oh yeah, this is legitimate. But my grandmother, the system she followed was a very different approach to science, okay? This is that system of science. That's looking at the world as an interaction of many, many different um, uh, uh, types of uh, things that we don't typically learn in the Western world. It starts with the notion of energy, Sattvic, Rajas, and Tamas, which come from the existence of nature. That gives rise to the five elements, space, air, fire, water, which gives rise to, and I want you to listen to this carefully, which gives rise to what's called Vatha, Pitta, and Kapha, which gives rise to the organs, and then upregulates up that into the body. The reason this is important is here you have two different worlds, right? You have the world of traditional Indian medicine and you have the world of biological engineering, hardcore MIT. And I was exposed to both of these systems. And I wanted to find out, could I integrate these two worlds? So after I finished my PhD in 2007, I went back to India and this article came out on the front page of MIT. This is in 2007, it said, East meets West, Shiva Dre embarks on a new adventure. Um, and, and there it was. But it's interesting they called it East meets West because that's what it was. I was trying to integrate Eastern and Western systems of science. And the goal was to see if I could find the, you know, the bridge. So that led me back to India and I had a big aha moment. And by the way, in our course, 
uh, at vashiva.com, which all of you, I expect you all of you to take, okay? Because uh, because it's a way that you can support all the research we do here and you can educate yourself. But if you look at if you look at the system of modern science, the system of modern science, engineering science teaches us there is a way to look at everything in nature, transport, conversion, and storage, transport of information, matter, and energy, conversion of information, matter, and energy, and the structure or the storage. So if you look at your home, right, um, or, or, if, or if you look at uh, the your computer or, or um uh, or even your own body. Transport is a movement of input of things coming in, food coming in, people coming into your home and leaving, okay? Um, conversion is that aspect of any system which takes one form and converts it to another. You eat something into your body, your digestive system is a conversion element. You type something into your computer, the CPU is a conversion element. And then you have the infrastructure which supports all of this, which is the beams in your house, your skeletal structure. Anyway, um, you can take the course to go into the details of this, but what I had discovered in a profound way was that this is the way that the Western system views the world, right? But guess what? The way my grandmother in that ancient system of medicine saw it was Vata Pitta Kapha. So I made a big discovery. I was able to interconnect West, East and West here. And this meant that there was a bridge to both these systems. And this gets even more profound as I'll talk about, but I published a paper called the Control Systems Engineering Foundation of Traditional Indian Medicine. And I didn't publish it in a medical journal. I published it in an engineering journal. And um, this paper is a profound paper because what it said was that we could interconnect these two worlds. And more importantly, I had discovered the foundational science of all systems, which was recognizing that everything in the universe can be uh, uh, interconnected through this concept of transport, conversion, storage, and vata, pitta, kapha. And that became that book. And by the way, once I finished that, I used to teach a course at MIT where we used to have very interesting people show up to this course. You know, it was 200 people show up on a Thursday evening. You know, people obviously have to pay a lot of money to go to MIT and time, but uh, we also open it up to the public. But in that course, on one side of the room would be the hardcore MIT PhDs or the Harvard um, uh, MDs, engineers would sit there, you know, with their very traditional ways. And the other side where your naturopaths, your healers, your astrologers, uh, people in tie-dye shirts, people with, you know, long hippie-like hair, haircuts. And these people literally sat across the room and, and the yoga people didn't think the hardcore MIT people understood them. And these people didn't understand why these people were even in a room okay, at MIT. So a lot of arrogance there. But within an hour, I was able to share with them the science of systems which interconnected east and west and that is what i put into this and i also built the whole course curriculum in fact the book system and revolution is a book that i wrote that made about 40 years of engineering systems knowledge 40 years of interconnecting that in a very accessible way so that anyone in the universe could study and get this knowledge that was called system and revolution then i also created a tool called your body your system and this tool allows the taking of this knowledge and making it accessible to you in a very practical way to apply this knowledge to understand the forces of transport, conversion, and storage, how they manifest in your body, okay? And you answer a set of questions and you'll actually understand how these three forces, transport, conversion, storage, or Vathapit, cough, come in your body. 
And uh, that came out of my research uh, understanding in India. And then you can understand, you can answer a different set of questions. So this is know who you are. That's that red dot if it happens to be there. And the red dot moves around based on who you are. The black dot is where you are today based on imbalances. And then this, this tool actually helps you calculate the foods, the supplements, the yoga exercises that are right for you, your body, your system. And by the way, on vashiva.com, people want to, uh, people have been writing me, hey, Dr. Shiva, remind everyone, those people who support our movement and contribute 25 bucks or more, you get access to the book and this tool. It's included. And it's a way for me giving back for those people who contribute. So please take advantage of that. That's at vashiva.com. And you can hit the join button to go there. Now, that also resulted in me creating an entire course called systemshealth.com. And we offer an entire master certification there. Tons of courses you can take integrating Eastern West. You get a whole set of books. Um, and then you also can be certified. It's a separate thing. Okay. But I wanted to share that with you because my journey to systems began from early days in India, seeing my grandmother do stuff, progressing on to working in a medical college where I invented the email system, coming to MIT across four degrees, and then going back to India and interconnecting Eastern West. But the science of systems is what I want you to learn. And without going through my 40 years, you, I can teach it to you in three hours, and then you can learn it through the platform that we built at vashiva.com slash join. So go take advantage of that. But that systems approach is what enables me to see the world in such a way where I can interconnect the dots. And I want to teach you how to do that, but you got to learn this scientific principles, okay? So now, Given that background, when we take a systems approach, let's look at COVID-19. So COVID-19, we're looking at it from a syst systemic perspective. So in COVID-19, just to review, this is that first of all, it's it affects neurology, renal, hepatic, gastrointestinal, thromboembolism. We'll talk about that blood coagulation, cardiac, endocrine, derm dermatological, okay? So COVID-19, is apparently caused by the SARS-CoV-2 virus, and it affects many parts of your body, vascular system, lung, heart, kidneys, liver, gut, eyes, and brain. And you can see all of it here. Now, in the neurologic area, it affects headaches. So this is some of the ways people may manifest. Headaches, dizziness, encephalopathy, right? Uh, Guillain-Barre syndrome, right? Agusia, melagia, anosmia. What does that mean? That means when you lose smell, okay? Quite fascinating, stroke. On the renal side, kidney injury, uh, proteinuria, where you you know store up you know kidney stones and things like that. Hepatic, elevated, um, uh, uh, elevated amino transferases, elevated bilirubin. Okay, gastrointestinal diarrhea, vomiting, abdominal pain, anorexia, thromboembolism, deep vein thrombosis, pulmonary embolism, catheter-related thrombosis. Uh, then you're looking at the cardiac level. Okay a cardiomyopathy, myocardial injury, cardiac arrhythmia, um, acute, um, you know, uh, core pulmonate, um, whole range of things, endocrine, hyperglycemia, diabetic, ketoacidosis, derm dermatological, whole range of things that occur on the skin. Okay, and you can, you know, uh, uh, you know, pernic-like uh, lesions, you get all sorts of stuff. It's quite interesting when you look at the range of things. And the disease can be severe to moderate, right? Some people just get a very simple version of it. Some people get it moderate and other people get it in a very extreme way. So there's many, many uh, variations of how this manifests itself, 
Okay. Now let's look at the mild to moderate. Well, 81% of the infected population has mild symptoms. So it's out of the 81 out of 100 people who get COVID-19, body aches, fever, that's one thing. It can go up to pneumonia, no hospitalization needed. But that's really 81% of the people. Um, and by the way, there's people who are asymptomatic, right? They have it. We're not even talking about those people, okay? Severe is 14%. Shortness of breath, which means dyspnea, um, hypoxia, or other 50 or, or, or more than 50% lung involvement on imaging, right? Where the lung is involved in the show space on imaging, and this requires hospitalization. Critical is 5%. This is where you have respiratory failure, you go shock, multi-organ systems dysfunction due to the cytokine storm. And this is where you need ventilation. Um, if you guys wanna go look at my previous videos, I've talked about, remember, what happens when a virus attacked you? It is not the virus that kills you, okay? It is a fact that your body overreacts the cytokine storm because the immune system doesn't know how to modulate itself. Very important, okay? So don't, you know, it's not like the virus gets in you and starts eating away. You know, the virus, different viruses go to different parts of your tissue. And when they land there, a normal immune system will have a normal reaction, the fever, the thing, and then you create your interferons and your antibodies and your microbiome. And then, like I mentioned, your, your body gets stronger. But those people have weakened immune systems. This is a key. Their body overreacts and it kills you because you're attacking yourself, okay? Very important. It's not like some thing that the your vi you're, you're eating yourself up from the inside. It's you attacking your body. So, but you can see 81% infected, um, no hospitalization, 14% hospitalization, 5% ventilator needed. And this is where I recommend it. If, if, if you know of anyone who ever gets in this situation, kindly put them on high dose vitamin C, high dose, vitamin C. Now, so those are the symptoms of COVID. Now let's look at acute radiation syndrome. So I wanted to, um, some of you may have read, let me see if how many people read. When I was in high school, I had a great teacher who had me read uh, the book by um, John Hersey called Hiroshima. Um, okay. Um, and it's a great book. And someone just said this, it's a nice comment. Someone said, I'm so glad Dr. Shiva is doing this video. I've not seen anyone else discuss the symptoms in any detail. It's a plus that Dr. Fauci is a, is a trusted source, unlike a con man Fauci. Thank you. Um, okay, so um, let's let's discuss this here. So if you, great book, you know, my uh, sixth grade high school teacher, Mr. Roth, great guy, he was actually on the boat in the distance when the Hiroshima bomb fell, okay? And he remembers seeing the plume go up, quite fascinating. He died very young, at 56, 57. You know, you wonder what effects he had from that, okay? But anyway, um, Mr. Roth was a great teacher. But if you read the book, Hiroshima, it's acute radiation. People would go try to grab people, their skins would come up, it's horrible. But that's what we're talking about here. You're looking at a bomb and, and the injuries that people get from that. So that's what we mean by acute radiation syndrome, okay? Acute radiation syndrome. So what's interesting is um, in this review, the causes are irradiation of the entire body. It's like a nuclear bomb. Remember when a bomb uh, goes off, it sets off radioactivity. You get the exposure 
And then the measure of the radiation entering you is measured in something called REMS, R-E-M, okay? It's how much of that radiation affects you. For example, high dose of penetration of radiation nuclear reactor meltdown. And this is over a short period of time and a matter of minutes of time. So that's what we're meaning by acute radiation. An event occurs, right? You get zapped with tons of radiation. And, um, and, that, and by the way, we're, we'll, we'll realize radiation is all around us and it's just at the level that it's at, okay? So uh, the stages of ARS, you have prodromal, dromal stage, okay? Where you get nausea, vomiting, anorexia, diarrhea within minutes to days of exposure. Latent stage, outwardly healthy. You look fine for up to two weeks, but stem cells in the bone marrow are dying. So you look fine and then suddenly it's a later stage. Then you have manifest illness stage. We have anorexia, you have fever, drop in all blood cells, infection, hemorrhage, dehydration, and then recovery or death. Most patients who do not recover will die within several months of exposure, all right? So just look at that, the prodromal stage, the latent stage, the manifest Ill illness stage, and the recovery. So the latent stage is quite interesting. You think everything's fine, and then suddenly you basically start dying from your bones outward. Now, this is quite interesting. Um, I wanted to put up this slide because I think we need to understand there's radiation all around us. Our body creates around 25 millirems, okay, which is 1,000th of rems, uh, 1,000th of a rem of radiation. We ourselves are a radiative force, but there's radiation around us. We get it from the environment, right, from cosmic rays. We get it literally from the ground you know, radon, right, terrestrial radiation, as they call it, just stuff in the natural environment that comes natural source. And that's about 310 millirem, okay? One rem is a rad, millirem is 1,000th of a rem, okay? 0.001 rem. So in one year, we're being exposed to around 310 millirem, not mega, milli, okay, um, rem uh, from the natural environment. And you can see radon and, and thoron around 37%, cosmic is 5%. Terrestrial is around 3% and internal from our own body is 5%, okay? We're also exposed to man-made sources of radiation. Those are like nuclear medicine. You get a CAT scan, okay? You get x-rays and I'll show you some examples of that. Now, just to give you an idea, people who got exposed in Chernobyl got 80,000 to 1.6 million millirems. That's, that's what we're talking about, some serious radiation. 80,000 to 1.6 million millirems. A thousand millirems is a rad. So if you want to think about it, that's 80 rads or 1600 rads. These are measures. I don't want you to remember them, but that's the units of measures of radiation exposure. So if you look at this in comparison, over here, you can see a transatlantic flight gives you 2.5 millirems. Okay. A safe dr uh, uh, drinking water uh, limit the a the EPA says you can have up to four millirems even in water, okay? Uh, chest x-ray gives you 10. Cosmic rays gives you 30. Your own body produces around 40 millirems of radiation. Uh, the annual public dose limit is 100, okay? The U.S. average national background dose is around 310. The average U.S. annual dose is 620. This is what you're getting. A whole body CT scan, if you go have a CT scan done, you just got 1,000 millirems. And if you do, for an average, for an annual nuclear worker who works in annually at a nuclear power plant, they're getting exposed to 5,000 millirems, okay? But 
this is where you call the acute stuff, where you get 80,000 to 1.6 million millirems. Okay, I hope that makes sense. See how people are doing. Yes, thank you, Mr. Roth. Yes. Um, yes, so that's what you're talking about, radiation, okay? The level, the amazing amount of radiation that we're getting. So um, let's go here now. Now, another way to look at, like, is this, you know, here you're looking at chest x-rays, radiation in the body, okay? 29 millirams. This is a different uh, uh, source, a mammogram, uh, all the way up to, this is, by the way, um, uh, the, the millirems are here and you're going all the way up to whole body CT scan, which is 1000 millirems. Okay. These are different units. Okay. A radon in the average home has 220 millirems. Okay. So you can see basically we have stuff around us now in acute radiation syndrome. Um, now look at what happens here. You have brain issues. You have where you get seizures. You may have the thyroid gland being affected absorbs radioactive iodine, increasing thyroid cancer. Your lungs, for example, get inflamed, scarring, and possible cancer risk. Your GI tract, you get internal bleeding. You get bone marrow and blood vessel issues, loss of white blood cell counts, risk of infection, skin, burns from acute exposure, right? So, and by the way, you talked about in COVID, you also have these, a whole bunch of things that happen to your skin. Now, just to give you an idea, um, in acute radiation syndrome, if you get bone marrow issues, that occurs when you get 70,000 to 1 million millirems. That's where your bone gets destroyed. You get result the death resulting from the infection. Uh, recovery is possible. It's difficult. Gastrointestinal uh, GI syndrome, this is when you get greater than 1 million millirems, okay? That's like when you're literally <laughs> next to a nuclear bomb, okay? Survival is extremely unlikely death resulting from infection, dehydration, and electrolyte imbalance within two weeks of exposure. Cardiovascular, central nervous system. This occurs probably when you're literally close to a blast site, okay? Five million millirems. Imagine you're at, at, at ground zero. Death occurs within three days, death resulting from infection and hemorrhage. And if you read um, John Hershey's book, that's literally what we're talking about. We're talking about that level of exposure right where the bomb went off that's what happened to people. Many of them had this level of exposure. They had cardiovascular and central nervous system issues. Um, and they were essentially, the body was essentially just being blown up for inside. Okay. You're basically being burned. And this is 5 million millirem. Okay. Now, this is what's interesting. And I'm going to, you know, let's look at this here. This is what's quite fascinating here. When you look at this, we're going to now look at, I'm going to give you the quick overview. We still have a lot more to go. We're going to go into detail, but I wanted to give you the, the key points here, the salient points right off. And this is what makes this research quite fascinating. Again, done at the NIH very recently, January, 2020. They just did this. Look what you see. COVID-19, you get chills. ARS, you get chills. Fever, COVID-19. Same with radiation poisoning. Cough, COVID-19, ARS. Loss of smell. COVID-19, ARS, hypercoagulation, okay? COVID-19, ARS, reddening in the ex extremities, okay? Both of these share, I mean, and there's more, but I just wanted to give you, you probably heard of people saying, I got chills, fever, cough, loss of smell, you know, hypercoagulation, reddening. Well, these same things show up when you get radiation poisoning, very common symptoms, okay? 
Just look at that for a second. So you're looking at something that's a very interesting phenomenon. So um, um, let's see what you're saying. Let's see what, uh, yes, yeah, some, someone said here, uh, oops, ionizing, someone said here, um, ionizing radius from X-ray and gamma rays particles such as electrons. Yes, Dr. Pearson. So we're talking about ionizing radiation, all right? We're talking about ionizing radiation. This is where you're having very, very fast moving particles. Um, that's what happens when a bomb goes off. Thank you, Dr. Pearson. Thank you very much for clarifying that, okay? All right, so now let's now, uh, I wanna take a, so uh, that gives you a quick idea. I wanna now just take a step back because we wanna take a systems approach to this, a systems biology approach, right? And because one of the interesting things is, I like the fact that they're looking across multiple systems. That's what's good about this paper. They're looking at the virus here and they're looking at another phenomenon, which is radiation. So um, the non-systems, let me begin what systems biology is. Um, and I will keep, and you, by the way, a um, lot of what I, uh, the diagrams and everything I share here, I repeat a lot because when you repeat, um, it's a way that, you guys can start also using these tools. So if someone were to ask you, hey, what is the opposite of a systems approach to looking at the world, right? Well, the opposite is a story of the king who brings in the six blind men. And each one of them touches different parts of the elephant. And they each have a different view of it. In fact, none of them sees a whole elephant. If they were to put it together, you get something like this, okay? The guy who touches a the uh, trunk thinks it's a it's a snake. The guy touches the ear, thinks it was a fan because it was waving. The guy who touches the you know the 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 tusk here thinks it's a it's a spear. The guy touches the side, thinks it's a wall. And the guy who touches the tail, thinks it's a rope, and so on. So this is a problem with science when you don't take a systems approach. You don't connect anything. And what is good about this research is that they're trying to connect two different subsystems, and they and when you start connecting the whole you start coming across common principles like truth, freedom, and health, transport, conversion, storage, okay? You start seeing commonalities and you, but in this approach, you're not seeing commonalities. This is what's called reductionism. It's the opposite of really doing system science. When you take a system science approach, you find the interconnection between all systems are related to transport, conversion, and storage. In fact, as I shared, what the teachings that I've come across is that the same phenomenon of the system of transport, conversion, and storage are directly related to truth, freedom, and health. Freedom is the aspect of transport, motion. Conversion is the aspect of truth. And storage is the aspect of health. And um, the, the, what I wanted to do is make the systems teaching accessible to you all because when you're looking at research, when you're trying to understand what's going on with this pandemic, if you have a systems training, you get a very different eye. A lot of people, I mean, this paper came out. Everyone should be discussing this paper. It's a very important paper. But from, so what I did for, for all of you is I put together a series of teachings called the Foundations of Systems, where you can understand these interconnections from physics to politics. And one of the aspects of this is to understand the science of everything. So if you look at, from a health standpoint, our goal is to stay healthy. The disturbances you have is things like radiation. You have things like viruses. Well, when these disturbances come, it's gonna throw you off your goal. And this diagram that I'm sharing with you here is the science of everything that I wanna share with you in the course. 
And part of what we want to do, we're going to take a quick break here but before we come back to COVID and the ARS, is that these teachings are central to us building a systems understanding. So if you go to vashiva.com, I've created a complete dashboard. Once you log in, all of you can understand the systems approach and you can get access to a dashboard where you get access to education. You get educated, you get access to the, the book, System and Revolution, you get access to the tool, your body, your system. Um, and then you get access to a whole portal where you can teach your friends. You get access to the entire foundations of systems course. You get access to using the ways to understand a systems approach, in this case, two research reports. Then you also get access to a whole slew of books, the science of everything, your body, your system, your system, your life. And then on top of that, you also get access to the scientific knowledge of integrating all of this. And then all of this is for people who contribute to our warrior program, okay? So I want all of you to take advantage of that but because you get all of this, it's a ton of stuff, okay? But it doesn't just end there, that's just the education. Then I want you to build community. We've created a whole way that you can interact you know, independent of big tech, you can interact and have discussions about health without feeling, oh, I'm going to discuss radiation and this, or I'm going to discuss vaccines. You're not going to get thrown off. Okay. Then we also have a social media equivalent. Here's Marie, who's created her own page. She's a great woman down in Cape Cod. People are setting up their own pages. And so you can build community for our Truth, Freedom, and Health Warriors. Then you can get activated. We give you tools educational tools, how you can explain to others. You can print out these three and a half, 11 cards. You can educate people on mass and oral health. You can educate them on the science of oral health and the microbiome, the public health. You can take them beyond vax and anti-vax, educate them on why one size doesn't fit all. And so th that is available to all of you. Please go take advantage of that at vashiva.com slash join. I'll play the, play the video later, right? What do you think? I'll play the video later. But um, that is accessible to anyone who becomes a truth, freedom, and health warrior. All right. And I want you to do that. It's 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 a reciprocal way. You can you're supporting all the research we do, you're educating yourselves, but we want people to become truth, freedom, and health warriors to take a systems approach. So when we look at that systems approach and we look at the commonalities of COVID-19 and radiation injury, that's why this paper is a great paper. Again, it was published just this year, just eight weeks ago. Okay. And when we look at this, look where it's coming from. It's coming from Fauci's own institute. I wonder if he even knew that they did this, okay? Okay? And what we are looking at here is in the abstract, it says a multi-system components. See, they're using the word system there. Multi-system components, loss of taste and smell and reddening in the extremities. And it says it's similar to ARDS, acute radiation Distress, okay? Well, you have, I'm sorry, a, uh, this is acute respiratory distress. Multi-organ hypercoagulation, hypoxia, cardiovascular da damage. And this is very similar to high doses of radiation. And this is a key point. Everyone listen to this key point here. Inflammation is a key common player in COVID-19 and ARS. Let me repeat that. This is coming out of Fauci's own institute. He's a complete scumbag. He didn't talk about this when this happened, but acute radiation syndrome and COVID-19 share one common, one extremely common phenomenon, inflammation. Inflammation, inflammation, inflammation. So what are the things that reduce inflammation? 
Well, we've talked about that. That was a protocol that I sent to Trump who did nothing with that. All right? He did nothing with that, all right? But inflammation is a key. Inflammation is caused by dysfunctions when you screw up the microbiome, when you screw up your own virome, when we don't have a strong immune system. You either respond with overreaction, but the immune system doesn't, doesn't know how to respond. But this is right out of the NIH, okay? Right out of the NIH. And inflammation is a key common player in COVID-19. And, uh, and again, as I mentioned earlier, these are the different common symptoms here across COVID-19 era. So let's go into a little bit more detail. So um, let's look at COVID-19 ARS. First of all, it affects the immune system, right? That's your immune system. Think about that. Your vascular system, your heart, your respiratory system, cardiovascular system, renal system, GI, as well as your nervous system. So now I want to get into the science here. I think you guys are going to enjoy this. What I did was I looked at this paper and I wanted to organize it in a way that you could better understand it. So here's COVID-19, this column, and here's acute radiation syndrome. So we want to look at four different kinds of things, cytokines, the target organ, the primary outcome, and the secondary outcome. So that in COVID-19, you have these set of, um, these set of what are called cytokines, IFN alpha. Remember I talked about that earlier. IFN gamma, IL-1 beta, IL-6, IL-12, IL-18, IL-33, TNF-alpha, and TGF-beta. What is a cytokine? What's a cytokine? Well, hormones are molecules that signal from organ to organ, okay? Like you can think about, you know, um, a hormone like testosterone. However, a cytokine are signaling molecules across cells or within a cell. That's what a cytokine is. And what you see here is the kinds of cytokines that are involved, that are upregulated here, that we see right here, are the same cytokines as are in COVID-19 as well as in acute radiation syndrome. They affect the lungs, these cytokines. And here we see multiple organs, including the lungs are also affected. And look at this. You have the same primary outcome, the cytokine storm. And what happens when you get the cytokine storm? Your lung undergoes fibrosis, which means it starts scarring. Guess what happens in acute radiation syndrome? You get fibrosis in lungs and other organs. Fibrosis is not something you want. My dear mom, you know, she died relatively young, 72, back in 2011. When we first came to the United States, my parents had to work very hard. My mom worked in a mill where they had all these fibers, asbestos fibers, um, fibers. And over years, you know, those fibers affected her, her lungs. And you have to understand, uh, there is a very important antioxidant, which I recommend everyone look into. N-acylcysteine, N-A-C, is a precursor that's called glutathione. You may even want to consider at some points getting IV glutathione. So glutathione is a powerful antioxidant, powerful anti-ager. So as you're exposed to lots and lots of chemicals and, and stresses, your glutathione levels drop. And when they drop so low, your, your lung tries to protect itself and becomes fibrotic. So N-acylcysteine, I take it every day. I recommend you guys take it. NAC is a precursor to glutathione. You may want to look at it, ask your medical professional. Again, I'm not giving you medical advice, right? It's a big disclaimer here. This is research that we're showing you. Okay. So, but, um, 
What's interesting is in COVID-19, people become fibrotic. And so do they do as we're, as we're showing here. It's a horrible thing. And when my mom got it, she, she didn't even tell me about it. She was a very quiet woman. She didn't want to, uh, you know, distress anyone. She died literally within three months uh, of, of getting this. So that's what lung fibrosis is, okay? Pulmonary fibrosis. And that's what's going on here because if the target organ is the lungs and you have the cytokine storm. Again, very, very similar, all right? Now let's look at vasculature, which is your heart and your arteries, et cetera. Here in COVID-19, you the mode of action is the direct infections of the endothelial cells. So your endothelial cells, which line your arteries, get affected. And guess what happens with acute radiation? The irradiation of the endothelial cells. The target cells are your endothelial cells. And the primary outcome is you have endothelial dysfunction, endothelial inflammation. Here you're premature aging and cell death of the endothelial cells. And this is where you get COVID toes. People talk about it. they get vascular disease causing dysfunction of the microvessels in the extremities leading to red purple lesions on toes and other extremities. And here is where you get dysfunction of the microvessels or what's called blood co uh, coagulation. Same thing. By the way, just to be clear, some little bit of biology. If you take the arteries and you look at the surface of those arteries, if you go to your bathroom and you have the bathroom tiles, well, the surface of your arteries are composed of tiles. Those tiles are called endothelial cells. Your lung it has epithelial cells. So different organs have different cells. So the endothelial cells, they get affected when you get COVID and you have the purpling, the coagulation, that's a COVID toes. Well, you have the same thing going on with radiation, acute radiation syndrome, okay? That's number two organ. Now let's look at the immune cells. You have pyro, pyro, uh, pyro, pyrotosis of the immune cells. And this is a controlled cell that's caused by high inflammation. It's almost like your cells are burning up, okay? Pyro from fire. And caspase-1 is activated in COVID-19 and SARS-1. So check that out. Caspase-1, which is this enzyme, caspase-1 is activated in both COVID-19 and acute radiation syndrome. When I saw this, I was, it was quite amazing. So the same enzyme, the same chemical in your body gets turned on when you get COVID-19, but it also gets turned on when you get acute radiation syndrome. And this caspase-1 does a couple of things, okay? It, first of all, promotes increased inflow of water and sodium. So your body gets more sodium coming in, right? So what does that do? Water comes in and your cells swell and you have, uh, you know, pyro, 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 uh, pyro, pyroptosis, okay? Like apoptosis, you basically burst, okay? That's one. You have increased outflow of sodium. This is not what you want. You have nuclear condensation, okay? And you're basically, your, nucleus, uh, your uh, nucleus blows up. And cell pyroptosis, occurs due to upregulation of the, the entire inflammation in your body, all the infl inflammatory markers. You have increased water in the cytosol leading to swelling as osmotic lysis. So you're basically, your cells start blowing up. That's what, to put it simply, your nucleus blows up, your cells blow up because of caspase one being activated. So that's where your immune system is being affected, okay? Next is you're looking at 
the, the, let's look at the mode of action. Here's COVID-19, here's acute radiation. You have upregulation of the inflammasome. What is the inflammasome? The inflammasome is all those immune cells we talked about in the earlier talks I've given. You have the entire inf the inflammation system in your body. All those inflammatory cells start turning on, so your body thinks it's under attack. So you have immune cell death, the immune cells start dying, same here. And guess what? The immune cell death leads to the cytokine storm and organ damage, same thing here. So, so the immune system is getting affected in the exactly the same sets of mechanisms. The same system is being turned on here. All right, then let's continue to the biomarkers. What are the biomarkers? So what's a biomarker, okay? So biomarkers, you ever go to the doctor or you ever get a blood exam done, they check for different things, right? H1AC or cholesterol, da 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 Those are known as biomarkers. They're the chemicals that are indicative of a particular dysfunction going on in your body. So here, the interesting thing is, it's almost like, it's fascinating because I have to, you know, it beckons a question. If you have these biomarkers, you have to ask, you have a patient in front of you, hey, did you get radiation poisoning? Or do you have COVID-19, right? Did the guy get blitzed with some radiation or did he get COVID-19? It's a very interesting question to ask because the pathophysiology is almost exactly the same. So overall pathophysiology, you have high multi-organ dysfunction, high multi-organ failure. Then you have hematology biomarkers, low neutrophils. Remember, these are the things in your innate immune system, lymphocytes and platelets, okay? These are low. Then you have serum biomarkers. So you have CRP, which is an inflammatory biomarker, right? C-reactive protein, albumin and albumin in COVID-19. You have elevated serum, CRP, and amylase in ARS, right? So CRP and albumin, which are two important biomarkers, are elevated in COVID-19 as well as in ARS. And you have elevated IL-6, a cytokine. So quite fascinating. There are essentially you have CRPC reactive protein. Many of you, if you get a blood test, it'll be on there, albumin. They're both elevated when you have COVID and they're both elevated when you have acute respiratory syndrome plus this cytokine called IL-6, okay? Again, three biomarkers, which are both elevated in both of these instances. How are people doing on there? Okay, everyone okay? Is this get boring? Should I stop? Okay. Um, anyway, you know, we, um, I want to thank, you know, our Cytosol team. We, you know, we do a lot of research and we want to thank all of you who support our platform because it's what makes all of this research pop. You're not going to get this on nasty public radio, right? NPR. You're not going to get this from Fauci. You're not going to get this from Tucker Carlson and you surely won't get it from Bernie Sanders. Okay. All right. So let's continue now. Here are some other biomarkers, right? Electrolytes in your body. You have reduced potassium, reduced calcium chloride and sodium levels. This is why it's really, really important when you get sick in general to take good electrolytes. I mean, right when I feel a cold coming on, I'll take vitamin C and you can get a lot of different electrolyte packets. It's really important to support your system because if, you're, if you have a weakened immune system, you're gonna have these phenomenon and you can boost yourself up. Immune markers, low CD3, these are your T cells, low CD4, low CD8, these are all different T cells which support your adaptive immune system and your natural killer cell counts. 
So you have depletion of CD4, CD8, and CD T cells. So if you can look at the CD4, CD8, and CD T cells, three of the five things are common with COVID-19. You have vascular dysfunction. You're going to have vascular thickening in COVID. Uh, uh, sorry, this should be COVID-19. Let me fix that right now. We were putting this together for you guys. One second. Let me fix this right now. This should be COVID-19. There's not COVID-10. COVID-19 here. There we go. Okay. Sorry about that. Apologize. You go back so you guys see this. Okay. Okay, sorry about that. Let me go back here. I don't know what the hell is. This is getting the Skype stupid thing. Okay. Um, where am I here? Okay. All right. So here we are. So you also have vascular dysfunction, which means your art your arteries, your heart thickening in the COVID-19. You have uh, high vascular dysfunction, ANG2, and you have coagulation. This is what's fascinating. People notice coagulation coagulation in both uh, 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 COVID-19 as well as in the in uh, ARS. So, so there, I think I wanted to share with you there these very particular commonalities. What I want to do now is what is the solution, right? What does this paper recommend from a system standpoint? You know, for the last week, we talked about all the different things that support joint health before, and we'll do a whole series again on the immune system. So now, given that there's this very specific commonality between ARS as what, well, which again, to people newly joining, we're discussing COVID-19, the commonalities of symptoms between COVID-19 and acute radiation syndrome, where you get hit with tons of radiation. Okay. And what we're noticing across both of those is the fact that we have things like loss of smell. We have things like hypercoagulation and we just went through a detailed systems understanding. Now the issue is what can you do about it? Right. As, and in order to do that, how do you figure out the molecular systems of this? So the approach we take here, when we even looked at this paper was we use the technology that I created out of my work at MIT, which is Cytosol. What is Cytosol? Cytosol is a platform for discovery. And Cytosol really came out of my original interest in wanting to understand why the pharmaceutical industry, you know, is so uh, ineffective, okay? In fact, the entire pharmaceutical industry is failing right now. They typically take a synthetic compound, they do a bunch of test tube research, and they do a bunch of research in a animal. This takes six years. And then they try to figure out, okay, you know, I'm, I'm dropping that, uh, some compound into some chemotherapy. It looks like it's killing the cancer cells. Then they kill a bunch of animals. Okay. I didn't kill too many animals. Then they move to FDA trials, phase one of small groups of humans, mediocre group and very large groups. Well, you can see this process takes upward of 13 years, $5 billion. And it's impossible um, uh, to, to handle combinations, non-personalized, not precise, and only 20% entering here even make it. And moreover, they're spending more and more money on, on, on trying to find new pharmaceuticals and less and less are 
essentially being allowed by the FDA. So this is not a good business model. Imagine you're investing more and more into R&D and, and less and less new drugs are coming out. This is why the big pharma companies are looking for their big payday with vaccines because vaccines offer them no need to go through that highly um, a pharmaceutical uh, high standard of testing, or at least relatively. It's Vaccines are considered biologic. They can obviate that. And more importantly, you can't sue pharma companies. Thank you to the Kennedys. Thank you to the not so obvious institutionalized Kennedys, okay? So um, this is what's going on in the pharmaceutical industry. So um, I was very interested to figure out, well, could we develop technologies that could figure out so you don't go killing animals and you don't go doing, wasting all this money. In, 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 at the same time around this was going on, the genome project in 2003 was coming to a close. We thought we had 100,000 genes, but every year that went by since 93, we weren't finding all those genes. We only have about 20,000 genes, which means that if you want to understand the whole being, if you want to understand something like um, the immune system, it's not just the genes, it's all the different interactions. And that led to a field called systems biology in 2003 saying it's not, I wanna understand all the entire cell. I just don't wanna understand the nucleus, the genes. So if you wanna visualize the cell as a system of many, many chemical reactions, imagine being able to mathematically model this on the computer. So here are these biomolecular reactions. So no different than the biomolecular reactions when um, someone gets hit with a virus, all those reactions or someone gets radiation, your body turns on different molecular reactions. Well, imagine if we could understand those biomolecular reactions, convert them to mathematical models, you could theoretically use the computer to model disease. So this was a challenge that I took on for my PhD, being ability to convert these into models, but being able to build systems of systems of models, okay? And that was a development of Cytosolve. Cytosolve allows us to understand integration of very complex pathways. And we've built an entire platform for this for the last, uh, for the first, you know, 2003 to seven, I put a lot of my programming skills to build this platform, then spent another, probably around another, Jesus, uh, five years proving this technology, writing a lot of major scientific papers so people can say this wasn't just garbage in, garbage out or something. And then the last um, 10 years, 10 to nine years, we've been using this to help some of the largest nutritional companies who are dedicated to health figure out how combinations of nutraceuticals help. And we've made a, a huge headway. More importantly, um, over the last 16 years, we've built a whole repository of mathematical models. And we're using those models to figure out combinations. We can do trillions of computer simulations on the computer versus killing, you know, trillions of animals, okay? So that's what we're able to do with Cytosol. And using that, we've actually come up with some of our own new discoveries, which I'll share with you. So Cytosol allows us to do this very deep dive where we can take compounds, integrate them on the computer without killing animals before we do any of this stuff, just the same way that we build airplanes. We don't just throw a pilot in, nor do we have to just go right to you know, human testing. We can do it on the computer. So here's where it gets very interesting. This is where it gets super, super interesting when you, when we apply a systems approach and we start looking at bioinformatically as well as at the computational level, and this paper did a pretty good job on this, they've discovered something very profound, okay? And check this out, because this gives us 
And their idea is, hey, why don't we look at this as a way of affecting, um, you know, uh, COVID. So, for example, the ther one of the things is antifibrotic. So remember, I just shared that when you get this COVID, right, or you get radiation poisoning, guess what happens? Your lungs, it affects the lung epithelial, and you go, your lung starts going fibrotic. So here are some solutions for that, okay? One is nintedanib, uh, which is a tyros kinase inhibitor. This is a pharmaceutical. And there's pyrphenidone, okay, which is an IL-1. And what these two drugs, these are pharmaceutical drugs do, is a lower fibrosis in COVID-19, and they lower pulmonary fibrosis post-radiation exposure. Kind of excuse that. Um, uh, I hate this. I hate spelling mistakes. One second. I got to fix it in real time. I can't stand it, okay? So let me fix it right here. Okay, pulmonary fibrosis. Sorry about that, everyone. Uh, we got most of the slides well, but I don't like making those mistakes here. Sorry about that. Okay. So, so you can see, again, the therapeutic approaches that are used in COVID and ARS. Um, this is the same thing that occurs. And this, by the way, these drugs have been used in radiation exposure. Okay. So there, so the NIH was saying, why don't we use these drugs for COVID? Okay. That's one example. Here's another example, the therapeutic approach. What happens when you have growth factors? Okay. This is when you have increased RBC production leading to better blood because when you get coagulation, right, you don't have proper blood being created. So EPO, right? Erythro, um, uh, politin, right? Um, so this is something that increases oxygen production. I think this is a thing that Lance Armstrong was doping himself with. Okay. Um, growth factors, antioxidant approaches. And look at this, everyone, look at this. Everyone look at this very carefully. Here is Fauci's group at the NIH, very quietly being forced to admit maybe N-acetylcysteine, N-acetylcysteine um, can work for you, okay? You can buy this for, you know, pennies on the dollar at, you know, um, at any vitamin store. N-acetylcysteine is called NAC. NAC is a precursor for your body to create glutathione, which is the mother of all antioxidants. Mother of all antioxidants. You can get it from certain foods, but N-acetylcysteine is one of the ways. So look look up where you can, the sources, we may do a whole, I think we should, should do a whole thing on glutathione, okay? So you can see right here that antioxidant approaches are N-acetylcysteine, and there's a drug they ha actually have, famotidine, okay? I'd rather go with this. And what this is, this reduce, reduces oxidative stress to reduce acute lung injury. And uh, for chemotherapy patients, they use uh, famotidine, okay, to reduce oxidative stress. But you can see that NAC is a protector. It's going to beef up the your immune system, right, by supporting the antioxidant. Um, let me look at a couple of other examples here for anti-inflammatory approaches. Now look at this. Again, we're going to see some natural compounds. I find it amazing that the NIH and, and uh, Fauci's group are actually being forced to admit that natural compounds can be very, very valuable. But again, we're looking at things that can fight radiation and COVID-19 because they have because we're looking at inflammation. So what are we seeing here right now, okay? When we look at uh, the anti-inflammatory 
properties. These are, again, uh, anti-IL-6 antibodies. Okay, so this is antibody therapy. This lowers pro-inflammatory cytokines. They talk about anakinra, which is an IL-1 receptor. Again, this lowers uh, pro-inflammatory cytokines. Dexomethasone. This also lowers radiation injury to lungs. So they've been using it. But look at this, Gen genistine, okay? Genistine, it lowers inflammation by inefficient of NF-kappa-beta, which is ginkgo active. So if you look at the ginkgo plant, which comes from the ginkgo tree, if you look at the leaves of it, it actually looks like the brain, interesting enough. But uh, 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 genistine has uh, that active ingredient from a natural compound can lower also inflammation, all right? So just consider that you're trying to lower inflammation. By the way, there's many other things that I would have also put it in this paper from turmeric to other things. So what we want to think about now is that these approaches that we're talking about. So basically, again, the goal here is to say, look, they're finding acute radiation syndrome is, is near same to COVID-19. And the key issue here, the backbone of both of them, the interconnection is inflammation to reduce inflammation. So they, in this paper, they talked about drug therapies, but you can start thinking about the many things you can do to reduce inflammation. Well, with Cytosolve, as I've talked about, we can model inflammation on the computer. Then we can start dropping in different natural products. That's what I'm interested in to see what lowers inflammation. Because if you can lower inflammation, you stop you the onset of the cytokine storm, you beef up your immune system, it's anti-cancer, right? All of these things are very powerful. So this is why when you study the foundations of systems, you're, you start understanding many things, the importance of interconnection, the importance of not relying on just one thing, the importance of many things working in another word that I call synergy. So it's a synergy principle. Since we're talking about inflammation, let's consider this with Cytosol, we can literally understand when these you know, yogis or rishis would combine stuff. So in a typical, Think about you want to combine anti-inflammatories, right? Turmeric, right? Which is a big thing out there. The yellow spice is an anti-inflammatory. Indians, they did a very interesting study across Asia. Asia meaning China, India, Mongolia, um, uh, um, 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 Indonesia, Singapore. And they found out that Indians in India get one third less liver cancer than all of Asia. One third, it's not a small amount, one third. And the reason was because Indians consume a lot of turmeric. Well, turmeric is the active ingredient that's typically used in most Indian spices uh, or spice combinations. And what we can do here with Cytosol is literally see mathematically this. So we can, this yellow molecules is the active molecule in turmeric. The outer circle is a cell wall. The inner circle is a nuclear wall. And you're seeing all the chemical reactions that are involved in something called inflammation. And when you drop in curcumin, guess what happens? We've mapped this out. Curcumin goes and stops all of these inflammatory pathways, including NF-kappa-beta, COX-2, which is what leads to PGE2. Similarly, resveratrol stops different aspects of it, shown in line in blue here, okay? And what we can see here is what happens when we combine both of them. What happens when we combine resveratrol and turmeric? Well, what we see is we can use the computer Cytosol to understand that. So the far right column represents a cytokine like IL-1 beta, okay? 
And we're seeing high levels of inflammation, 0.15, no curcumin or resveratrol. So we have inflammation going on in the body. I drop in some curcumin, boom, this goes down from 0.15 to 0.05. I drop in resveratrol, it goes from 0.15 to 0.06. And when I, this is where it gets interesting. Watch what I'm doing here. I'm reducing curcumin. I want everyone to see this. We're reducing curcumin. We're reducing resveratrol. This, but we get the same total amount, but the inflammation goes down by another 200%, okay? Double the drop, okay? So this is called the synergistic principle. So when we're looking at combating any type of biomolecular function, it's not just taking one ingredient. This is the pharmaceutical model. It's not just turning on an antibody. This is what is so screwed up about a lot of these MDs and virologists who don't take a systems approach. As I talked about earlier, some of you may have not seen it. What I talked about was that the body is a very complex immune system. Uh, and the immune system complexity has many, many different things that are turned on when you get exposed to a pathogen. It's like an orchestra being conducted. In a good way, it's not just the oboe playing, but it's the oboe, the violin, the drums. Well, those are all different parts of the immune system. If you just simply turn on an antibody, which is the vaccine model, which is based on a 1915 understanding of science, you're not looking at turning on all the other regulatory factors. So we have to have an ensemble effect. That is nature, it's not just any one thing. So here, what I wanted to share with you today was, we can use Cytosoft to understand this ensemble effect. And, and on our end, what I wanna also, some exciting news that we have is that we are cells at Cytosolve for the last you know, 16 years, I've helped a lot of companies, a lot of very um, good research people understand the synergy. You know, we've helped uh, companies like Juice Plus, okay? Uh, where they take a lot of juice and they just dry it, which has 130 phytochemicals. They've done a lot of clinical research. They didn't understand how it worked. We were able to discover how, okay? We've helped major universities, foundations, et cetera. But over the last 16 years, we have created our own range of molecular models. And we've started to understand all different ingredients. So recently, over the last couple of years, we looked at different combinations of compounds that could affect inflammation and pain. And we literally use Cytosol's computational technology to run through trillions of combinations. And we're happy to report that we found a, two combina a combination of two very particular bioflavonoids which occur in nature. And we went through trillions of computations. And this product, uh, you know, this is the first time that we've used Cytosolve to create a product um, using this approach, not for big corporations, but for you directly. And, and we're not gonna sell it through Amazon, we're gonna sell it direct. And that's called MV25. Let me share that with you. MV25 is right here. And MV25 is a very interesting name. And in physics, mass times velocity is momentum. So we're calling momentum to move. And it's branded from a system standpoint. And where, if you notice, it says it's cytosol optimized. It's a blend of bioflavonoids. And what does cytosol optimized mean? It means, as the back of the label says, says here, Dr. Shiva's MV25 was formulated using Cytosol computational systems biology platform, a technology for precision and personalized health 
invented by Dr. Shiva during his doctoral research at MIT. That's where I created the technology, not MV25. This formulation results from integrating thousands. So we went through thousands of peer-reviewed papers, not just one. And those research of those papers spanned four decades, 68 research institutions, and computing trillions of potential combinations. So we just didn't do one combination. We looked at trillions of biomolecular interactions to discover an optimal synergy of compounds that downregulate biomarkers of discomfort and normal swelling. Now, cytosol optimized means this formula has been optimized to maximize benefits and bioavailability while minimizing toxicity based on current research curated by cytosol. As the science advances, so will the formulation. That's our promise. What does that mean? That means we recognize, like we just noticed, people had done COVID-19. Now they're finding acute radiation is the same. As research comes, we're gonna be re-updating our mathematical models, rerunning chemical interactions. And the cool thing is this formulation is gonna get better and better. No different than if you think about your, you know, internet or Android or your iPhone operating system, Cytosol is an operating system. And as the operating system gets better and better, we're not cherry picking, we're gonna be able to discover better and better formulations. That's what's really cool. And no one can do this in the world. Everyone else is doing the pharma approach or they're just you know, talking to someone, hey, let's put that in and this in, throw a label on it and do a lot of snake oil and sell it on Amazon, okay? We're not gonna do that here. So that's on the back of this. And you can see we've it's made in the United States, it's clean certified, and this supports truth, freedom, and health. So getting back to ARS, when you look at the commonalities using the synergistic approach, what do we find? COVID-19, oh, by the way, someone just texted me here. Um, let me explain where we go here. So those of you who are interested in knowing where to get MV25, I always tend to forget this, uh, is you can go right to vashiva.com. And right here, there's a little thing that you may miss. We should probably tell our guys to make that bigger. Yeah. We don't really promote our shop a lot, but you can go right over to the shop right here and you can see there's books and they're all different kinds of things. Um, uh, but here, you can get right here, you can click on MV25 and we have a shopping cart that you can, all, all the label information is right here, the front label, the back label. And um, you know we're taking uh, pre-orders now until March uh, 2021. I mean, uh, you, we'll keep taking pre-orders, but delivery should start end of March. That's what we're looking at. So please take advantage of this. It's a very, very, it's using the latest scientific approach Oh, you want to let him in? Is he upset? <laughs> My dog, he's upset here. We're going to let him in. I'm not sure why he's crying. Okay. Come on, Geronimo. So, um, come here, boy. Um, so anyway, uh, I wanted to, uh, let me go uh, stop the screen here. Let's go back to the PowerPoint here. All right. So you want to put him out on the leash, Ken? Yeah. Out there, thanks. Um, so, uh, out on the run. So here, here's a summary, okay? COVID-19 and ARS both cause multi-organ dysfunction and failure, number one. Number two, inflammation is a primary driver of COVID-19 and acute radiation syndrome, complications and death. And you also find that COVID-19 ARS cause, remember, inflammation is a core. So when you have inflammation taking place, 
When you have inflammation taking place, what does that do? Inflammation causes the fibrosis leading to shortness of breath, vascular dysfunction leading to lesions in the extremities, dampening of the natural immune system by killing immune cells, coagulation. Quite fascinating. All of these four things occur in COVID-19. All of them occur in, in the radiation syndrome. And here are the common approaches. I want people to look at this. Anti-inflammatory, anti-oxidative, uh, anti antioxidants, anti-thrombosis, as they share this similar pathogenesis. We should probably, I'm thinking as I see this, we should probably run this through cytosol because we know inflammation, we know what happens when you coagulate and look at compounds that can do this natural compounds. But that's what, that's what the net is here. When you really look at this, you see this very fascinating um, conclusion that all of these three things are common. So there you go. So um, in closing, I want to let, I hope this was valuable to people. I hope we didn't go too detailed, but I think the big takeaway is that COVID-19 and radiation, radiation share the same common things. And the way we fight this is anti-inflammation, boost the immune system, antioxidants, boost the immune system. Interesting. Anti-thrombosis, those things that make sure your blood doesn't coagulate. Okay. So again, we've taken a systems approach throughout the talk here today. I've been harping on the systems approach and this systems approach is how we break free from a, uh, from a, um, a model where we do not take a systems approach, but we take what we call a, you know, a unidirectional approach. So I want all of you to take advantage of this. And in closing, this research, the kind of work we do here is supported by our platform. And that platform is at vashiva.com. It's a technology platform. It's an educational platform. It's a community building platform. And it's a platform for activation. Like everything I've shared here, uh, we may put into a small card. When you log into the dashboard, all of this information is for the public. We want you to share it widely. But one of my goals is to educate about 50,000 of you who are interested in becoming truth, freedom, and health warriors, meaning understanding the common science of systems and then applying that to your body as a system, integrating Eastern and Western system, applying that to political systems. Because when you understand the science of systems, it's no longer, oh, my body is different than the outer world. Everything is interconnected. And it's not just a word anymore to me. I have discovered the science of that interconnection so we can go beyond left and right, pro and anti, right? Here, we're looking at COVID-19. You look over here at radiation syndrome and you find out they're the same, okay? And, and at the heart of it, it's inflammation. That's what a systems approach lets you do. So anyway, let me see if we have any interesting questions here. I hope this was valuable. Yes, this system theory applies to everything. Look, um, I hope you get uh, at least become a supporter or a warrior because you deserve this knowledge and you deserve to, we deserve to have a movement in this world right now. The working people, not only in the United States, all over the world are being screwed right now by the elites who are running entertainment. Trump versus the RNC, Bernie versus the DNC, Trump versus Bernie. It's all bullshit. All of them know nothing about the body as a system. They do not want to look at the world as a system because that's how they bamboozle us. We have to take a systems approach. Without a systems approach, 
we will always be blinded, we'll be caught into thinking our brothers and our sisters are our enemies. And that's what they want us to do. They do not want us to build a bottoms up movement. And when you take the Truth, Freedom and Warrior training, number one, you learn the science of systems. Then you learn three of Dr. Shiva's principles. Number one, the interconnection between truth, freedom and health. Why we must build a bottoms up movement. It's how nature operates. And number three, why we have to be aware of the real devils, the controlled opposition, the not so obvious establishment. This is on the political side. They're the disturbance between us getting to truth, freedom and health. Anyway, I hope this was valuable, everyone. Um, thank you for all your support. And, uh, you know, we continue to build our platform. By the way, we've just ordered, because of all your support, a whole bunch of new hardware. You know, we have a advanced data center and the data center I built many years ago, I used to host the largest Fortune 1000 companies. That data center we've donated to this movement to build it. So it is our infrastructure independent of big tech. Remember, get educated or be enslaved. When you get on the Truth Freedom Warrior Training Program, you get access to a whole range of tools. So please become a Truth, Freedom and Health Warrior. Let me now share with you, as I always do, our final video. And uh, people are asking, by the way, if you want to, uh, if you want to, uh, once again, if you want to go to the MV25, any information you need on there, you can go right to the shop, vashiva.com, click on the shop, everything's there. And those of you, um, I want to uh, request all of you to become Truth, Freedom and Health Warriors. And so if you go to join Dr. Uh, Shiva right here, uh, your contribution, support this. Those of you who want to become, a, uh, those of you who contribute 100 or more, get access to the entire warrior training. Those of you who just want to become a supporter, get the book and learn your body system. Those of you who are not ready for any of that, you can just become members. At least you can get your, um, you can get access to some videos and make connections with people on the forum. All right, let me play the video and support the movement for truth, freedom, and health. Be the light. Thank you very much. We have allowed our country to be taken over from within, and the end goal is you will have a homogenized world where we will become slaves because there is a condition among the elites that really thinks they're better than you, deep down inside them, that you don't deserve the freedoms you have. They don't. This reality is what people need to wake up to. And we need to all unite working people. There's only one movement that can do that. And that is the movement that we started creating here in Massachusetts, the movement for truth, freedom, and health. Look, I've been a student of politics since I was a four-year-old kid, studying revolutionary movements, left wing, right wing. There is a physics, there's a nuclear science to destroying the establishment. To build a bridge, you need to understand Newton's equation. You need to understand the laws of gravity. You need to understand Poisson's ratio. There is a way to build a revolution. And that's why I put this together. My goal is to train a army of truth, freedom, and health leaders. We don't need followers like social media. We need leaders, but they, they need training because the educational system does not teach them history, nothing. So in three hours, that's what I've started doing. That's the solution. We got to train people. First with understanding what a system is. The second is understanding the interconnection between truth, freedom, and health. Freedom is the ability to move freely, communicate freely, right? Talk freely. Without freedom, you cannot convert ideas hypothesis into truth which is science and without freedom you can't really get to truth and without truth you make up fake problems and fake solutions which means you destroy our health and without health which is the infrastructure of us and our body you can't fight for freedom third concept is it has to be bottoms up 
working people, people who work united. And what the right wing has done is whenever you say working people unite, that must be communist. Meanwhile, they've let the Democrats run unions, which suppress workers, completely corrupt. But when you look at the arc of American history, it's been when working people came up. We need to go local. Every solution I'm coming up with as a part of this movement, we're giving the science, which is the truth, and then we tell people what they can do on the ground. Like with election fraud, you don't need to wait for some lawyer. Our goal is to train people, Dave, to go local, to go local, to go local, fight locally. Forget lawyers, forget politicians, forget celebrities. You've got to learn politics, and there is a science to it. They lock us down, we should be ready to shut them down. And the fourth part of this principle is a not so obvious establishment. So when you look at a system, there's always something that disturbs you from getting to your goal. Well, the biggest disturbance is a not so obvious establishment, which are those people who claim they're for you on the left and the right. The Al Sharptons who tell black people I'm for you. The Tucker Carlson's. Do you think any true anti-establishment person will ever be on Fox or CNN? I don't think so. They both mislead working people back into the establishment without this solid understanding of political physics and theory, you're screwed. You're going to follow on the, the left wing, Bernie Sanders, oh, he said something, or Robert Kennedy, scumbags. Or you're going to follow, you know, some right wing talk show host. They're not going to lead us to liberation. It's us. And that political physics, it's a nuclear science of change. Bottoms up. We have to organize to understand that there is people who talk a good game and then look at what they actually do, left and right. I'm sorry, Sean Hannity may say some good things, but I don't see the urgency in his voice to get something done. And it can only come when you weaponize yourself with the right knowledge. You need to be able to identify a rat. You know, Christ didn't go after the Romans, right? It was the Pharisees and the Sadducees who screwed him up. His own quote-unquote people. And that's where we're at. So these four concepts I've built into a curriculum. People can go to bashiva.com. And it's an educational program. We need to train people in political theory. You need to have physics. And I've created that curriculum. People need to get educated. We need to get educated fast. And within a half an hour, an hour, I can teach people two years of MIT control systems. I teach people those concepts. Then I apply it. Anyone can understand it. And then you say, oh, I got to build a bottoms up movement. They have to get politically astute, and then they have to go locally and act, not sit there on social media. They have to act locally, defy locally, be, do civil obedience locally, but with knowledge on how to build a movement. And the Senate campaigns expanded to the movement for truth, freedom, and health, and they can find it on B as in Victor, A Shiva, VAShiva.com, so people can sign in, they can get access to a bunch of videos. If they want to take a course and become a truth, freedom, and health leader, I offer a full scholarship there. But we want people to make a commitment that they'll study, that they'll get certified, that they'll go do activities on the ground. So go to VA Shiva, Victory America Shiva, VA Shiva.com. All right, everyone, thank you very much. Tomorrow we're going to continue the immune system series. And I'm going to do a detailed second level understanding of the interferon system. I did a brief one today about antibodies, but we're going to go deeper into giving you a systems level understanding about how everything you hear on TV and radio and et cetera, the science really is that there are many, many things involved in the immune system. We're going to go a little bit deeper. So you get a rich understanding of the incredible power of your immune system, the resilience, and the many things you can do to support it.
to boost immunity. Thank you very much, everyone. Be the light. Thank you.